howdy do who fans and welcome to the big blue box podcast my name's gary my name's adam and this is episode 301 one day i shall come back yes i shall come back until then there must be no regrets no tears no anxieties just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that i am not mistaken in mine our lives are different to anybody else's that's the exciting thing nobody in the universe can do what we're doing I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor! For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour, and I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect, but actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire and do that. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years, and not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes, and it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Hey, 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 Who fans. Hope you're all well, keeping safe and healthy. Welcome back to the Big Blue Box podcast, episode 301. Hope you've all had a cracking week and that you've all managed to do something Doctor, Doctor Who related. Who related. Yes, indeed. indeed. <laughs> it's another week, dude, another episode. Yeah, we've crossed the line into 301. We have crossed. We've crossed some kind of line anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so welcome back, everybody. As usual, those of you that have just jumped on board, if you've just discovered our podcast and show, welcome. It's great to have you here. Those of you that are long-time listeners, it's good to have you back, the old the old grizzled ancients. The grizzled ancients, yeah. It's good to have you back as we plough into the <laughs> next 300 episodes. Yes. Last week was cool, dude. I enjoyed chatting with our awesome writing team. Yes, that was, that was great to have those guys on, wasn't it? Really, really good fun. Yeah. yeah. They are cool just guys, am- yeah. I'm just imagining us doing the, the 600 episode, like, hello and welcome to the Big Bang, <laughs> like, at 99 years old, <laughs> still going. <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. It's, um, yeah, it's hard to imagine what's going to happen, because I think by the time we get to episode 600, if that will be a thing, um, we would have reviewed reviewed everything in the world of Doctor Who, minus all the Big Finish, obviously. So, yeah, I don't know, it'd be a... Will Doctor Who still be going then? Who knows? Podcasts probably won't even be a thing by then. It'll be like um, something out of Blade Runner where an image pops up and we'll be, it'll be a totally different thing. We'll be like just a, a robot with our faces on or something going, hello and welcome to the Big Blue, and people will have it injected into their eyes or something, who knows, or into their ears, who knows? <laughs> probably be a totally different thing. 
Yeah. No, I, read I always like to think I'll be a brain in the jar. <laughs> a bit of Morbius <laughs> action. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we started it back in March 2014. So how many years has that been? Uh, six, seven, seven years-ish. Gosh. So we're coming up to a bit of an anniversary. I didn't realise that. What? So, March the what? I th- I'm sure it was March the 14th that episode one went out, I think. Oh, wow. So that's 2014. So what's that? I'm sure that's seven years ago, right? 40, yes. Yeah. Uh, no, hang on. So, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Maths is terrible. Yeah. Well, it's six years to 2020. Yeah. So in 2028, <laughs> it'll be episode 600, very approximately. <laughs> wow. So that's something to look forward to, clearly. I can I can just picture your other half's face as you said that. Like you'd still be doing it. And, oh, are you still do Like as you go off to record it, you're still doing that blimmin' podcast. Well, we, we still have plenty of life less, left in us, dude. I mean, in 2028, 20, well, I'll be 48. No, you won't. I will. I'm 40 now. So I'll be 48, obviously, when we come around to doing <laughs> Yeah. Who knows what the future holds? We we might be doing a Wurzel Gummage podcast at that oh, point. Oh, come on. Let's do it. Hey, we're our, we're our dip. <laughs> do you know, I watched, um, they did a, a tweet along of the Christmas episode over Christmas, funny enough. And uh, <laughs> I bunged in my DVD to do the tweet along. And everyone was sending screen grabs that was watching it. And they were all watching the remastered version because the, as you know, being a Gummage fan, the, the picture quality of the DVDs is terrible because, um, they've used some they haven't used the original prints and they've now found the original print so as a test they reissued the christmas special all lovingly remastered well mine is the unremastered version mm-hmm. my god the difference just looking at people other people's pictures like they were full of color and it looked crisp and mine looks like i'm watching it through <laughs> through some <laughs> muddy goggles it's, it's yeah. unbelievable the difference when you get the original master or something i tell you Dude, it's such a shame because they've added all of Wurzel to BritBox and I started watching it through, this is about a month ago, or about, no, about three weeks ago, I think, whenever they added it. And I started watching it through from episode one and the image quality is so bad. It, almo- it almost, almost looks, looks black and white. Like, yeah, mono- yeah, monochrome. It's, uh, it's terrible. But the frustrating thing is, I remember, I think it was last year or the year before, probably year before, on the... On the, one of the Facebook pages for something to do with official Wurzel Gummage. I think it might have been the dudes that put the book out. And yeah, 10 Acre Films. Or, yeah, uh, yeah, 10 Acre Films, something like that. Anyway, they said that they were going to do a re-release, didn't they? A new box set of the Wurzel stuff on DVD. Well, they were trying to get they were trying to get sort of interest in it. They would love to see it happen, basically, yeah. Well, they're going to do it. They're going to do a re-release of it. They're going to put out a new box set. Are they? Oh, cool. But the frustrating thing is, is that they haven't got either the time or the budget to go back to the original films that they found and restore them from that. So all we're going to get is just a reissue of the oh, bad no. quality. That was the last time that we read up. And I remember there's like hundreds of comments on that post saying, what's the point? Why Why would you put out? So yeah, when you've got the original, you've recently found as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's right there, but it's just frustrating that they clearly just haven't got the money to spend the time to restore it, unfortunately. so. And it's such a shame, because I know people are saying, why are you talking about Wills of Garage? I mean, it does have a Doctor Who connection, because obviously John Pertwee played Wills of Garage, and he is so good in it. And I and I wouldn't want to put anyone off watching it because of the quality of the picture. Because, I mean, it's still watchable. It's just kind of frustrating, because it is such a good show. And John Pertwee is phenomenal in it. I mean, he is just amazing in it, as Wills of Garage. Um 
and it's it's just a shame that to think that they've now found the original prints and it's just still you can only watch it in this murky picture quality. So maybe when they do get around to reissuing the lovely remastered version in 2028 or whenever we can uh, <laughs> we can do the podcast. But yeah, it's a great yeah. show by the way, guys. If you haven't watched it, um, don't be put off by the picture quality. It's still brilliant. Oh, of course. Creature. Yeah, anyone that's not seen Wurzel, crikey, get on that immediately. You can and pick up the, uh, the box set on, on eBay for like a tenner. And it's on BritBox as well. Yeah, I was going to say, and the new version, to my surprise, is good as well with uh, Mackenzie Crook. So I remember when they started releasing pictures of that, me and you were like, what's this? this that doesn't look like Wurzel. This is going <laughs> to be awful. And um, it's, it's, it's totally got its own style. It's, you know, it's, you wouldn't even compare the two. I mean, they are in their own sort of world. But yeah, both great. But the original with Pertwee. Yeah, great. Genius. Genius good, good, stuff. good. Genius. Anyway, that's enough about when this is not the Wurzel podcast <laughs> just yet. No. Not just yet. We keep we keep messing around and say we'll, we'll do it at some point, I'm sure. We'll, we'll do like a limited run podcast mm-hmm. where we plough through the episodes and that's it at some point. But uh, talking of doctors in other things, I uh, just wanted to remind our listeners that our writers, the guys that we had on the show last week, they put out the very cool stuff over on the website. Our uh, dude over there, Mark Donaldson, put out a review recently for uh, a horror movie starring yeah, Sylvester this? McCoy, The Owners. It stars uh, Maisie Williams and um, and Sylvester McCoy and a few other people. It's a bit of a, but like a, it feels like an indie sort of low budget horror film. Uh, it's called The Owners. It was out last year, and um, yeah, Mark's done a, a cool review for us on the, on the website. But we've also got a copy to give away, so you just need to go Ooh. to uh, the website Big Blue Box Podcast at Co.uk, and uh, you'll see the uh, under the recent post there. You'll see DVD review The Owners by Mark. Uh, just jump in there, have a read, and then you just need to leave a comment on that post with the answer to the question, and we'll announce the winner next week. But uh, yeah, a bit of Sylv mixing it up. Uh, I think he plays a doctor in that film. Oh, does he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does look very sinister. I'd like to check it out. So um, yeah, we'll yeah, do that. No, yeah, no. Oh, it's an 18. Because oh, I'm I'm a bit of a wimp. When my, my other half <laughs> loves horror films, and I don't mind them if they're psychological horror. I like that. But when it's all heads being chopped off and things, um, but I might give it a go. Uh, yeah, I normally stick to a 15 rating, but I might <laughs> drift in to an 18 rating, see what it's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah it the cover's go. good with old Maisie with the axe and stuff. Yeah, yeah a shoulder. Yeah, or me. Or me. Oh, Oh, God. And then some other bits on there. We had Jordan, who's just left a review of the Big Finish Torchwood uh, uh, story, Coffee, uh, which is around uh, Yanto, I believe. And then um, Jordan's also done a review of the recent Big Finish story, Colony of Fear, which is the Sixth Doctor story from Big Finish. So go and check it out. Big Blue Box Podcast at Code UK. It's all good. Yes. Uh, before we get on to the show, um, you've been all good, buddy. You've done anything uh, other than uh, some really cool stuff mm-hmm. landing on your channel, The Geek's Handbag. Bit of a plug. Anyone that's not been on to Adam's channel. Nicely done. Yeah. Nicely done. The Geek's Handbag over at YouTube. Go and check that out. Um, some cool stuff there. You done anything else, Doctor Who? We do. It's been a bit quiet for me. Yeah, it's been quite for me as well, actually. I've um, I've just started reading a new book, uh, which is not too related. It's uh, about Douglas Canfield, you know, the guy who directed um, Terror of the Zygons and Inferno, Seed to Doom and all that. Uh, I just was interested to find out more about him. I think he was one of the best directors I had on Doctor Who. And 
And as soon as I read that he did like other shows like Blake Seven and the Sweeney and that I loved, I just thought I'd get it. Um, it's a really nice book from the guy Blake. It's a really nice book uh, from the guys at Phantom as well. Just been reissued as a, a limited hardback. So I just started that and I'm a couple of chapters in. It's really good. Um, but apart from that, not a lot. I, I did see that conventions because the lockdown looks like it could be lifting. I did see that um, Showmasters and stuff have announced that, yeah, it's all going ahead, all systems go. And I'm thinking, really? I mm. I mean, I, I w- want conventions back as much as anyone. I, you know, I love going to conventions and stuff, but I just don't know. I, I Not just the fact that will it even go ahead, but even if it does, I don't know if I want to be <laughs> in a room with that amount of people. <laughs> I mean, yeah. think back to LFCC, mate. I mean, it was great, but... Do you remember how packed in like sardines we were on like the Saturday? It was it was horrible in terms of them, you know, just the stress and the amount of people in there. Even if they scaled it back, I don't think I want to go back to that just yet. Um, but I don't know. See where we are in in June or July. But what do you reckon? Do you think you'd be up for conventions this year? I would, mate. You I really would. would. Yeah, because I, I really want to get back out and and do the whole convention thing. But having said that. I think it might be a bit misleading for people like Showmasters to, to to come across as like, oh, it's all systems go back to normal. I don't think it's going to happen quite like that, if I'm honest. I think, um, yeah, they've. Re- I, I can't imagine them doing it at the same numbers as they did previously. Yeah, they can't. There's just no way. There's no, there's no way. Even if like we got to the point where everyone in the country had had their first dose of the vaccine and all that stuff, I think even then you'd have to maintain some sort of sensible distancing from people just as common sense. So you couldn't pack everybody like sardines into the Olympia in London like you did before. It'd be crazy. How, I just can't see how they can do like the queuing and the mm. photo shoots. I mean, you're going to have to stand like two meters away from the actor. I mean, J- Jenna Coleman does that anyway, but you know, <laughs> just in general, you're going to have to do that. I, I just don't know how it would work, but I don't know. I, I, I just can't see myself doing conventions anytime soon as much as i want to maybe a phantom one because i think they they're a lot smaller and they're not a lot more sort of um intimate conventions i might do some of them if they start up again but i don't know yeah. as for the showmaster ones i think mm, well, well they're, e- they're easier to manage i think those smaller ones for obvious yeah. reasons but the yeah. big ones i mean i saw the mcm were were going to do another one this year but they pushed it right back to is it MCM or Wales Comic Con? I think it's Wales Comic Con. They've Wales pushed Comic-Con, it back yeah. to, I think it's October. Might even be November. I can't remember, but it's way back in the late, like latter part of the year. Yeah, which is a bit more sensible. I think. A showmaster's thinking of doing it in July then, like the normal I, London one. Oh, I think I'm right in saying this. I'm sure they put on Facebook the July ones going ahead. I could be oh. wrong, but I'm I'm pretty sure it was the July one because I remember reading the statement thinking seriously. Mm. Um, I'll miss that but, one yeah. then for sure. I'm not going to, I wouldn't go to that. If they're trying to get it back to what it was in the same, with the same numbers, the same they capacity, can't. then there's just no way. I'll give that but I miss. think, yeah, I think even if they tried to scale it down, it'd be difficult, but yeah. yeah. I, don't know. I do miss them though, mate. I do miss the old cons. Mind you, having said that, I bailed on the last, like the last, <laughs> whatever the last show masters one in London before the pandemic. So what that would have been 20, was, uh, 2019. Yeah, it must be, yeah. Yeah, I bailed on that one, mate, because I'd done the past, what was it, four or five years on the bounce? Well, the last one you would have done would have been when they got all the doctors, I guess, which was a good one, wasn't it? That was 2018. And then the following uh, 2019, year, sorry, yeah. Yeah, and the following year they didn't get, I remember we kept saying leading up to it, oh, there's not many 
you know, there's not many sort of guests that I'm that bothered about meeting. And I think you just decided it wasn't wasn't worth it. Yeah, know? I've done four of them on the bounce, I think, four years, and just wanted a break from. Yeah, because as much as I love the showmaster stuff, I just cannot stand the venue that they do it at. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, it's bloody awful. Which is Must why the old venue yeah. exactly, mate. Which is why the MCM stuff which i really need to get to we need to go to one of those dude defo um, mcm yeah yeah because they because the xl is such a, a, a cool venue for that because we went to the doctor who festival at the xl oh, do you remember Lord it was such it. a good yes. venue you know yeah and uh but the olympia i think it's called the olympia 2 officially that showmasters use it's a lovely old building don't get me wrong but in terms of running a comic-con in there it's just bloody awful yeah, I always really feel like is. the stairs are going to collapse. So yeah. like every, you know those rickety old stairs you have to go up to get to the upper level? Every time I'm on them and people, there's about sort of 30 people going up and down them at any, any one time and you're just rocking on the stairs to get up there. I always think it just, yeah, it's an old building. I don't think it's really uh, yeah. equipped for <laughs> that amount of people. No, I'll read you, dude. Um, uh, the only one thing I've done since we last recorded is I started reading Andrew Cartmell's book again, Script Doctor. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, I've seen, I, I saw a flood of tweets of people who have received like the new reprint version. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to dive back into that because it was a very cool book. It's one of my fave books around the classic era of Who. I think it's one of your um, oh, faves as well. Yeah, yeah, it's very it's cool. A, it's a great book. Um, yeah, I love the snazzy new cover on it as well. Yeah, Script Doctor, brilliant book. Yeah, and it is one you can read over and over again, actually. It's got so many nice moments and stuff that Andrew talks through. Um, it's definitely got, uh, what do you call it, re-read re, re value? Re-readability. Read yeah, re-readability, like let's call it that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I started reading that, a couple of chapters into that. It's very cool. And uh, But yeah, other than, other, other than that, I've not watched any other um, any other Who or Torchwood or anything, so yeah. No, I haven't either. I need to dive into a bit of classic who soon. I think I've had a few weeks off now, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. All right, so I reckon we should land it and talk about this bit of news we've got. A bit of news? Ah, the Express here in the UK. And this story comes via their website, express.co.uk. It might have been in the print newspaper, I'm not sure. But we are here again, dude. We are here again with the newspapers banging on about Jody's replacement and, and all this jazz. But they seem to have taken it a step further now. So we went through the whole thing, didn't we, a few weeks ago when this rumour broke. And it's still not official, but this rumour broke that Jody is off. She's had enough. Yeah. Her agent has said, look career suicide basically for you to stick around with this show so we advise you to go and she's like yeah i'm off and we all we obviously know that um bradley walsh and tosin cole are definitely off that's uh that much is obvious They've gone. yes jody we still don't know officially but anyway uh the express have now been, been speaking to the bookmakers here in the uk and now the odds are stacking up on who the new who the new Doctor's going to be. Now, there's a front-runner, and there's also a name that I don't think has been popped in the hat too many times, but they're now trying to push that person up the ladder, it feels, a little bit. So, uh, those of you that have seen Friday Night Dinner or Plebs or a couple of other things, you'll you're know of a guy called Tom Rosenthal. And uh, the reason why they're linking this guy is because 
Uh, I personally think he's a great actor. He's very funny. You know, got a bit of quirk to him. I think he might be a good fit, albeit very, very young. Um, they're also saying that because he worked with Chris Chibnall alongside David Tennant and Jodie Whittaker in Broadchurch, apparently they have a very good relationship along those lines and, and that kind of thing. So uh, the bookies are saying that, yeah, Tom Rosenthal uh, is a name that should be considered and, you know, they're putting odds on him and stuff like that. So the odds at the moment, and this is with um, Betfair, by the way, here in the UK. And um, just as a disclaimer, we don't encourage or, um, you know, gambling or anything like that. So <laughs> take this with a pinch of uh, journalism on our part. This is not an endorsement into betting <laughs> uh, with any company, not just Betfair on uh, replacement doctors and so on. But yeah, uh, the bookmakers Betfair have got him at 10 to 1 to be the next doctor going off in the TARDIS. The front runner apparently is Chris Marshall. He's, oh, come on. He's in at 3 to 1. No way. That again. Chris Marshall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's not that young, you know, Tom Rosenthal. How old do you think he is, mate? I know he always plays like teenagers and stuff, <laughs> but how old do you reckon he is? I think he's in his late 20s or early 30s. He's 33. Oh, he's 33, right. He doesn't look it, does he? He looks about no. 20 at the uh, Yeah. Um, I think he'd be superb, actually. I think he'd be great. Um, I think so. Be, yeah. But I don't think it will be him. I'm pretty sure we'll get another uh, female doctor after Jodie. And I, to be honest, I think we should. I don't think we should just have one and then go back to male yet. I think it'd be good to have another female doctor. But he would be cool. Um, I think he, yeah, he's got that sort of quirkiness. And he is a good actor, you're right. Uh, he's been in quite a few things I watched. He was in the Dad's Army. Uh, they did like some... Oh, yeah. yeah. Re Reenacted some missing episodes mm. and refilmed them and stuff. He's just... Uh, yeah, it's just something about him. He's got that look. I could totally see him as the Doctor. I would love it, personally, if he was the Doctor. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Mm. I can't see it happening. Yeah. It's a tough, it's a tough one because Chibber's... Um, uh, should I say this? Should we talk about this? Go or on. No. Say it. So it feels like Chibbers, even before he was officially announced as showrunner, it feels like he's had a bit of an agenda for well, Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean that from a political point of view with the whole female Doctor thing. So I feel like while Chibbers is behind or in the driver's seat, I think you're right. We probably get another female Doctor. I could be wrong, but uh, uh, that's not our view. Our view is, and I think I speak for you, mate, when I say this, but our view is whoever is right for the role, be it male or female, whatever, you know, that's that's the way to go. But I think Chibbers has got a bit of a a bit of a thing. And the BBC. Oh, yeah, he's definitely of, yeah. trying to he's definitely trying to do his thing, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think the BBC are a little bit like Oh dude, there's been so much conversation online over the last couple of months, you know, about the BBC. So mm -hmm. I think I think Chibbers plays into that very nicely. I think the BBC are going through this, and I hate using this word, but they're going through this woke push um, with a lot of things. And it feels like Chibbers is buying into that and selling them a very good bill of goods. You know, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm on board with the whole woke thing. And yeah, so don't worry, Doctor Who's safe in that area because we've got the female Doctor, everything's fine. So, mm. but anyway, that, that's uh, another conversation. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, some other names that are thrown into the ring. So uh, Maxine Peake from Shameless. And uh, Natalie Dormer, who was in Game of Thrones, they're both on at eight to one. So there's another couple of names there. Oh, yes, her, yeah. Yep. And uh, 
yeah, and then also they've tagged on to the end of this story just because they have to put something else in there to give it some sort of legitimately leg- legitimacy, I suppose, is um, Pearl Mackey has said that, um, and this is, this is ridiculous because they go on to quote Pearl. So the, they say in the article, meanwhile, Pearl Mackey's Bill Potts, the 12th Doctor's companion, could be returning to the BBC show. That's not what she said. <laughs> Basically, in an, an interview recently, she said, it's definitely something um, I've not ruled out. Uh, it was a couple of years ago I was on Doctor Who, but I do still feel really close to Bill and I do feel like she's very much part of me. And I feel like I'd sort of have to miss her before going back to her again. Or if there was an amazing story that was written about her and her experience and meeting another Doctor. But it's such a great show and I would be crazy to say no. That was an interview that she did with the Radio Times uh, last month, I think. So, no. No. It's not a case of Pearl Mackey is coming back to Doctor Who. It's just that she said, like a lot of actors do, I'm not saying never, but if there was a really cool story and the character was, you know, treated in a good way, then, you know, I'd come back. I can totally imagine Bill with the 13th Doctor, actually. I reckon they'd work quite well together, but um, I'm trying to think how Pearl's story ended. She's dead, isn't she? Uh, Bill, I mean. She got turned into Simon, because I remember that whole thing in Twice Upon a Time where the Doctor's like... You know, you can't be here. You're dead. Stop trying to fool me and all this sort of thing. But I can't remember quite how that got resolved. Mm. Is Bill dead or is she stuck in a puddle somewhere? I can't remember what happened. Didn't she link up with the girl from puddle the girl. pilot? From pilot, uh, Puddle Girl, yeah. yeah. I think yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, Are they trapped somewhere? I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, I have to... Those of you that have listened to us for, for a while now will know that I don't really watch the Capaldi era, unfortunately, because I really cannot remember but i'm pretty sure she's with that puddle girl somewhere yeah i think so yeah i mean it's doctor who anything could happen you can bring back anybody (laughs) really so it's not a big deal but yeah i was just trying to remember (laughs) but yeah i wonder if she come back for an ep or two yeah um okay so in closing then what do we what do we think then to uh to um tom as the doctor well it's definitely more likely than chris marshall um, and I actually think Chris Marshall would be a fairly decent doctor as well, but that's just that rumor has just been going around for so long that it can't possibly happen, surely. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think he'd be good. I do, do think he's a good choice, but I, I don't see it happening personally. Yeah, Tom Rosenthal. Apparently, some people have compared him to Tom Baker as the really? doctor. Yeah, I can't see that. I see a more of a McCoy, uh, Troutony kind of doctor to me rather than Ooh. Tom, but there we go. Yeah. Anyway, we'll obviously keep you updated. Uh, don't please don't buy into too much of this. This is just press doing. Their, yeah, we're already wrapping. We're already folding up the newspaper and using it as chip wrapper. Exactly. <laughs> <So yeah. it's, laughs> but uh, we don't do rumours here. But we'll let you know if this comes of anything. We'll uh, and we'll talk about it. I'm sure. So that's all the news we've got. Uh, let's uh, let's crack on, dude, with the review. What have we got this week? Oh yeah. So this week it's a Torchwood episode called Dead Man Walking. Time is 21.30. Autopsy on Owen Harper, Torchwood Officer 565, age 27. Autopsy begins. You can't use it. Who knows what'll happen? Oh, my God! I was hoping for a miracle. Where did it go? It's here. The energy just went off the scale. 
What is that? What is that? Ooh. What is it? <laughs> it's death. That's what it is. We have that glove lying around. <laughs> the Adams family. <laughs> Dead Man Walking was first broadcast back on the 20th of February, 2008. 2008. Yeah. Uh, as part of Series 2, as we go through that, it was written by Matt Jones. It was directed by Andy Goddard. Stars the usual Torchwood Hub people at this point. And the synopsis is, in the previous episode, Owen was shot and killed at the end. And in this episode, they bring him back to life, basically. But there's a bit of a twist as he's... As, as he was in like the, I guess you would call it the aft, like the afterlifey bit yeah. before your soul properly passes on. I think um, there was the the Grim Reaper, essentially, um, <laughs> uh, was trying to cross over into our world through Owen's body and so on, which ultimately happens and goes on a bit of a, a soul reaping spree. And I think it, kind of dives into a little bit of lore and mythology around that whole Grim Reaper thing. And um, uh, as f- from what we know, in the past when this has happened, it's got to 12 souls and then was defeated somehow. If it gets the 13 souls, then it can walk the earth eternally. And I'm assuming we'd be able to, to go on a full-on reaping spree yeah. <laughs> uh, across the planet. But uh, uh, Owen destroys the uh, this Reaper character. And uh, and uh, we think all is good, all is well. And if you watch the next time trailer at the end of this story, you'll know that's probably not the case, as is always the case with Torchwood. It never goes to plan. So, Dead Man Walking, what are your thoughts, dude? Mm, yeah, I like this concept of the, the death, you know, needing to get 13 souls to come back. Um, but I, I found the episode a bit of a mess, to be honest. I There's some good bits in it. I like the hospital stuff at the end. I thought that was quite creepy, but... I, but then again, it, even that bit where I was quite enjoying it, I was thinking, Death could have got 13 people from one ward. Like, how is that thing just finding it so hard to find 13 people to kill? It just didn't really make sense. But um, I, I, I don't know. I, I liked bits of it, but I, I was quite bored in the middle. Um, it didn't really do a lot for me at the end of the day, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. And I've never seen the cast look look so bored. Apart from apart from uh Bern Gorman as Owen, who gives a great performance. I mean, thank God he he saves this episode for me. He he really carries this episode. He's really good at it. And to a certain extent, John Barrowman as Jack seems to be giving a bit of a performance, but the rest of the cast they look like they've just stumbled in. Someone's handed them a script. Oh, Gwen, can you say these lines? Yeah. Uh, Owen's not dead. Okay, thanks, Gwen. Uh, Yanto, can you say this joke, please? Uh, yeah, gloves come in twos, in pairs normally. I mean, there is no, there is just no oomph from the cast of this at all. Um, and I just feel like it, it, it leaves the episode a bit flat. So it's not bad, but... Yeah, it's not one that I would go back to anytime soon. It didn't really. And of course, it seems to lead into the next episode as well. I didn't really have any sort of major conclusion because um, I actually, you know, waited to see what happens the next time trailer just to get a bit more from this episode. Because I was thinking, so is Owen alive for good now? Is he going to be this dead man walking for the rest of the series? Because I genuinely can't remember. Obviously, I've seen all the Tordwoods episodes before when they first aired. Um, 
but I don't I don't remember what happened to Owen. So this is kind of like I'm watching it, like as if it was new, really. So I don't know. I just felt it was a bit flat, really. But there's some good moments, uh, but yeah, nothing special. And I was quite bored in the middle. I did find myself reaching for my phone. <laughs> like halfway through there seems to be weevils wandering everywhere as well i mean a torch we're not doing anything about all these weevils like there's a blimmin church packed full of weevils mm-hmm. a torch yeah. would have just yeah that's fine no that's a that's a derelict church no one's going to go in there we'll just leave those weevils like what's going on <laughs> i don't know it just seemed a bit of a mess to me this episode mate some good moments in between but yeah mm. didn't really work for me yeah yeah, I'm, I kind of agree with you, dude. It was a bit... Um, yeah. yeah, I love the concept. I love the whole... Uh, this idea that... And I wish they'd explored it a bit more, really. This whole thing around... I know it's a bit morbid, but after you die, this whole where do you go afterwards? And they kind of insinuated that, for Owen at least, he was in this sort of limbo state where it's just sort of eternal darkness, really. And I think I think the point was that uh, if this death slash Grim Reaper character didn't have plans to come on through to our world and whatever, he would have just taken Owen's soul there and then, and he would have died properly, quote unquote. Mm. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, that's a good idea, yeah. Yeah, it was good that they explored it, but they just, they kind of touched on it rather than explored it, which I guess is fair enough. It would have been a real deep philosophical episode otherwise. But um, So yeah, it was kind of cool. But the the, the thing was, it was... Uh, I mean, it was a good. I found it a good episode. It wasn't a terrible episode. There was just a few scenes that that didn't really hit the mark for me, and kind of uh, I was rolling my eyes a few times throughout the episode. Yes. Really, yeah, um, me too. Yeah, so that th- there was a few of them really, but I think overall it was a good. It was a good watch, and it was good. It was good to see um, uh, Owen's character going through. Um, this kind of transition because so in the past Bern Gorman's been very much this cocky kind of guy and very um, non-committal and just a bit of a lad and stuff mm. so you would assume that coming back from the dead and having this literally life-changing event maybe would have shaped him into something and changed his sort of mindset and stuff like that but no he's still like the typical um owen and stuff you know that after they initially bring him back uh you know he's very miffed at jack that he's only brought him back so we can get the alarm code oh, that for the, be yeah. That, yeah um and then after <laughs> that it's uh you know and when, that's ridiculous like <laughs> that, like they'd only he'd be the only one to know a code because yeah, yeah, the danger yeah. they're in every week like of they course. wouldn't have that somebody anyway yeah yeah that bit where Owen gets everybody like we've only got him for two minutes because that's that's how the the glove thing worked previously with Susie and way back in um, episode, uh, series one. So supposedly that person's only back for a couple of minutes sort of thing. And uh, yeah, so he gathers everybody around. He's like, right, say your last goodbyes, you know. And um, oh, Tosh. She's like, you know, I love you always. Huh? Oh, Tosh. Yeah. And then you think that's going to change him as well because... You know the whole coming back from the dead thing, but no. As soon as he's dressed, he's he's back. He considers Tosh just to be a bit of earache, the old Glockenspiel, you know, and he's <laughs> off and stuff like that. So that was cool in a way, but and you can see his frustration. It's really just eating him up. You know, he knows that uh, 
this isn't right. This isn't the way of the the universe sort of thing. It's, it's something's not sitting right with him. And you can tell that the way he interacts with the other people and when he buggers off to the, to the bar later on, you know, yeah. that's quite a funny scene. And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, so you can see that, you know, it, it, it's eating him up, but. I, I cringed at the bit where Barrowman does the sort of Cockney accent. He's like, yeah, he thinks he's from Torchwood, doesn't he? And all this. I was thinking, oh, dear me. <laughs> that was a bit cringe. Uh, and also, they yeah. get locked in a cell together. Do, do people that have had a fight in a in a bar normally get put in the same cell to have a chat? I well, don't <laughs> I don't think they would. And also, the bit where he's throwing up his drink, and oh, it's just a bit. That was a bit sort of Torchwood Series 1. We need to do something gross here. And, yeah. Yeah. And it's also a bit weird that. They were stuck in the cell for what seemed like a, quite a while. Yeah, and it seemed that's like, where I was getting bored. Yeah, and it seemed like at any point Jack could just get up and say "Torchwood authorization yes. code." Blah, blah. So why didn't you do that on the way? Then you wouldn't have even gone into the cell in the first place. It's a bit weird, but I, I think that was just set up to have this moment between the two of them where I think Owen was still very much like, "You don't care about me. You just brought me back for the code." And I think it was Jack's opportunity just to say, look, I was hoping for a miracle, really. I was hoping that doing this would bring you back properly because we all care about you and blah, blah, blah. But it was just weird that it was like all of a sudden snap of the fingers, like, let's get out of here. You know, yeah. it's weird. Yeah. yeah, there was too many moments in the story where it it, it just, um, things just didn't really make sense. It didn't ring true. I mean, even Jack going back to get the glove, just so they could all say goodbye to Owen. I mean, I don't think Jack would do that really. Be like, if it was another way, if it was, you know, Tosh saying, "Oh, I've got to go and get that glove because I need to bring him back for two minutes." Jack would be saying, "No, he's gone. Accept it." It, it just, I was thinking, the Jack wouldn't do that. And the cell scene, like you said, didn't really make any sense. And then there's the bit where Owen locks out <laughs> uh, Tosh to fight death, which must have been hilarious to watch him filming that because obviously he's fighting with himself, and then they superimposed what i will say is actually a really good effect for the time death looked great this smoky skeleton that was walking through the hospital looked really good um even now um but then yeah but then jack and um gwen just seem to walk into the after he's defeated death just seem to be able to get in the building or or be next to him sort of thing it was just only bits i just kept thinking well that doesn't make sense why would they do that why is this happening and it distracted me enough from the story to sort of ruin my enjoyment of it really it it felt a bit cobbled together and i also thought the production apart from death looking great i thought the production and direction was just a bit sloppy um there's bits where you see the camera (laughs) in the in the glass of the uh hospital like there's a moving track you know where the camera's moving along following jack and gwen and you can clearly see the the camera track moving in the glass in front of them it's it just all feels a bit sloppy i don't know but there there were good moments like i said there's some great stuff i think um it's great to see owen sort of really taking the forefront of the episode and he does grab it with both horns and i think uh, burton really does put in a good performance in it it saves the episode i think yeah no, I, I th- yeah, he's on he's on form. I think he's on top uh, form. But do you usual. agree with me about the rest of the cast? I mean, yeah. Gwen annoyed me in this. So she's doing a, she does the phone call to Reese. I was like, oh god. Uh, I, I just, <laughs> did you agree with me that the rest of the cast just feel really flat? I mean, poor old mm-hmm. um, Freema as Martha Jones. She's come back. 
<laughs> she's got, you know, she's the second episode with her in. She's a special guest. And she gets absolutely nothing to do. She just gets a, a scene with Owen where they're talking about death, which she, again, just looks really bored throughout the entire scene. Then she gets, um, she gets made really old. So she's turned into like a, a really old p- version of Martha, which is quite interesting. I thought when that happened, I thought, oh, finally, something's, they've given Martha something to do, albeit the fact that she's just going to lie on a bed look with Jack showing her how old she is in the mirror, which again, I was like, why would he do that? Why is he just stood in the background showing mm-hmm. her a mirror saying, look how old you are. Look what's happened to you. It's like, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> so yeah, but do you agree with me? The, the rest of the cast in this are flat as a pancake. Yeah. And it feels like there's a bit of a disconnect as well between um, the last episode, which was reset and this one in mm. how, in how Martha was with the rest so even before the point where she gets turned into the where she gets aged really really badly even before that so in the episode reset her and jack had this very very good um there was a lot of bants between them and you can tell that the chemistry was there and so on and even after we got that weirdness out the way with gwen you know that conversation she had with martha like in the last episode you know, yeah. we revisit this whole thing about is Gwen in love with Jack sort of thing. And she wanted to find out if Martha was a previous lover or if they were just... Once yeah. we got that out the way, the chemistry between Martha and the other people was all good as well. But in this one, it felt like Martha was like this spare part. Yes, exactly. You know, that she was just spare there, way. but there was none of that chemistry or anything between... I, mean, I, I guess the writers were trying to get across or or Matt Jones was trying to get across that there's a lot more at stake. So we don't need to focus on that chemistry between Martha and Jack and the other people as much, but it did feel like a real big swing in the other direction. All of a sudden they've gone from, especially Martha and Jack really caring about each other and everybody working as a team to just shouting at each other and snappy and Martha just not really doing much. Like in the last episode, she was quite pivotal to everything. So although we don't want it to be the Martha show again, she had, it was like the other end of the spectrum, this one. She's like very little to do. And then they just, they just nearly killed her off anyway <laughs> uh, towards yeah. the end. So yeah, I, I read you, dude. It was, uh, and then the rest of the cast, like you were saying, uh, especially Gwen. And that, that these are the scenes that I was rolling my eyes at as well, dude, with Gwen. I knew you would be, yeah. That's that when she phones Reese. Uh, and then the other one was when, and for me, this is a real downside to what they've done with her character before because there's a scene where Owen is, he's basically said to them, look, this death character is trying to come through through me. So you need to kill me, basically. So he said, look, you need to inject me with this stuff. It will freeze my my brain and my arteries and stuff and that will put a stopper on the whole thing. So they agree to do it. And there's that scene where he's in the meeting room, I think, at Torchwood with Gwen. And he's saying, you know, he misses certain things, you know, like he's ready to go. And then Gwen just bursts into tears and she hugs him. Now, I think the intended impact of that scene was to be, oh, well, Gwen, you know, is heartbroken. That this is going to happen. But for me, because of what they've done with her character before, I was just rolling my eyes thinking, well, are you upset and hugging him because you've got nobody to flirt with now? And yeah, you haven't yeah, got anybody insane. like there's no sexual chemistry now because you're clearly yeah. not getting anywhere with Jack. And 
you know, you've had this fling with Owen in the previous series. So are you doing this because, you, you know, I think the the effect they were going for was like she's genuinely upset that she's about to lose a member of Torchwood. But because of all of those scenes in previous episodes where we're like, oh God, here we go. It's Gwen and Jack again, or Gwen's up to no good again. Gwen's in a cupboard with Owen, yeah. I'm... You know what I mean? Now it's just tainted anything that might have been perceived as this lovely moment. For, maybe other people don't feel that way, but for no, me... I felt exactly the oh, same. Cool, cool. Yeah, no, yeah. I did. It's one of the notes I made. I, it, it, and it is, you, you've summed it up perfectly. It is because of what we had before. It's um, any other time you'd be thinking, oh, it's because she's really upset that she's, you know, lost Owen as a friend or a member of the team, but we know there's more to it. So it is a bit of a roll your eyes moment, unfortunately, because you don't really see, apart from poor old Tosh, you don't really <laughs> see that reaction from the other guys. So they do focus in on that particular reaction from Gwen, which is why I think we assume it's there's more to it, um, that she's perhaps, you know, more uh, in love with him than the rest of the team or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, but I, I just felt sorry for Martha because they brought her back and I almost felt like this script was written before the writer knew she was going to be in it or something because, yeah, it doesn't give her anything to do. And I, as far as I know, she's only in this one and the next one and then she's gone again. Mm-hmm. So it just seems a real waste of, because it was quite exciting, wasn't it, when Martha come back last in the last episode, in the previous one. We were like, oh, Martha's joined the Torchwood. This is cool. <laughs> and like you said, a couple of nice little moments with the team. This one, she's just in the background. And I, the reason I was, you said third wheel or whatever or spare part, see, that's exactly what I thought. She's just in the background. And she probably thought, well, I've, no wonder she didn't stay on full time. She probably read this and thought, well, if this is all I'm going to get to do, lie on a table and mm-hmm. be 100 years old, then I might as well not bother. Yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah. Mm. There was a couple of funny moments from Yanto. When the, uh, when the glove goes nuts towards the end, he turns up with a hockey stick. <laughs> um, oh, th- yeah, yeah. I That's think that was the only thing he had to hand. And there was a moment where Jack looks at him with this, and he's got that face like, really? Yeah, you seriously. You brought a hockey stick. Mm. Um, but then again, in typical Torchwood fashion, you know, that coolness was undone when, you know, it's just a single bullet from a gun that supposedly kills this supernatural uh, Why couldn't thing. Jack shoot it as well? Why does he have to throw it to, to Owen to do? Symbolises. He's Owen. right there yeah. in front of it. Uh, and yeah, one shot and it's it's done. I know that that was another thing. One, I, I If I was the director, I would have got Yanto to have redone some of his lines. Like normally he's quite good with the quirky stuff and the, the scene with the hockey stick's fun. But yeah, that line, like, he gets quite a good line, doesn't he? When she says, oh, how many gloves are there? Well, they normally come in pairs. He normally delivers it with a little... He just, he's like, well, they normally come in pairs. It's, there's no one for fun or anything in the way he delivers the line. Like, if I was Andy Goddard, the director, I'd said, yeah, um, sorry, uh, Gareth David Lloyd, could you just do that again with some blimmin' effort, please? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, yeah, there's nothing. Absolutely yeah. nothing. But he's, yeah, he's normally quite good with the comedy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Tosh was um, not too bad. She wasn't in it too much, was she? Like we said, the the rest of the cast were a little bit bored. But the only yeah. couple of scenes that she was quite good in it was when her and Owen, she's trying to basically say to him, look, I did mean what I said before you were about to die for the second time. And he's having none of it. And then towards the end... She's quite cool, you know, like when Owen's about to face off against death and she's, you know, and uh, yeah, so she's had a couple of cool scenes, but um, Gwen 
uh, Tosh and Yanto. And unfortunately, Martha, they just seem to be a little bit in the background. Very much so, yeah. Yeah. There were some cool scenes, though. The opening stuff was very cool. When they actually... uh, Sorry, go on. No, go on. You were saying with with, with the uh, weevils, you mean? Yeah, when Jack's going through... I think he's in a church, it looked like. Um, And he's uh, in an abandoned church, and he's really creeping through all the Mm. sleeping weevils and stuff and um, uh, to go and get the, the... the glove that which is in that box that was all really tense like the music was cool in that bit and yeah the way he creeps around but i would have loved to have seen the tear up though afterwards so when they all start waking up uh it just cuts and then we just see jack running back into the hub and he's got a, a cut eye and stuff and blood all over him you can tell that that would have he's, been a really cool fight to watch but he's budget, been in a ruckus yeah. yeah budget i suppose so that would have been what, cool what is the deal with these weevils though like why why are torture allowing just packs of weevils to be wandering around because there's a bit where they turn up at the hospital and they look out the window like no the weevils are here (laughs) well it's like they're not doing anything about all these weevils (laughs) yeah i think it's um i think that's literally a case of they've got bigger fish to fry Mm. at that point trying to stop literally death from um conquering the earth i think um now what did you think of the bit at the end talking of conquering death so there's almost a bit of a <clears throat> well, they not in your face, but there's a scene where um, Owen, I keep going to say a different name, Owen is uh, talking to a kid who, who's uh, terminally ill with cancer, and he gives a bit of a speech, not to camera, thank goodness, but he does sort of give this speech about conquering death and it's not the end of stuff. Now, did you think that was handled well, or was it a little bit too in your face? Um what do you, do you mean the realization that Owen comes to, or do you mean the actual physical? Well, no, fight? he gives the sort of you know, like a bit like the doctor gives that speech at the end of all fifth twelve, which is like if we don't do something about the planet now, you know, it, it it's nowhere near as bad as that. <laughs> but there's a, yeah, there was a bit where he's like, I'm going to show you how to defeat death, and I'm going to show you it's not the end. And I I it was a little bit cheesy, but I did think it was quite a good metaphor for what was going on. I just wondered if you how you felt they handled that. Yeah, I think it. I think it was quite nice that bit. Mm. Uh, I think so because I think it was. If it was an adult patient that was there, I think it would have been a lot less in mm-hmm. your face. But because it was a a child, I think it was a, a kind of a nice sentiment, really. Yeah, I, I I did. I mean, I just thought it was good that he was watching Owen through the window to see him physically yeah. defeating death, and it was saying, "Oh, it's it's not the you know there there is a light in the tunnel. There can be. Don't you know? Don't." give up sort of thing yeah. yeah and in a way i suppose it's indirectly saying to i don't know not just children i guess but anyone that's um that's up against it in that respect with terminal illness it's like you know you never give up i guess it's like and if you want to really you know just if death comes knocking at your door then you give them a few slaps and you don't that's go it, down yeah. swinging sort of thing i think it's like <laughs> yeah. a good message of like never giving up i suppose and that these things can be overcome i guess um but the thing is though and this is the thing with um with stuff like this when you've seen another tv show that does it in a comical way it kind of interrupts your um because i kept thinking that this whole thing there's a red dwarf episode um back in series one i think or series two where oh it's called future echoes 
And it's a basic. I don't know if you've seen this, but you don't really watch Red Dwarf, I suppose. But um, I watched the early series, but yeah, yeah. So there's a bit where they travel at the speed of light, and because they're going so fast, they can see future events. And there's one bit where Lister uh, Rimmer sees him die, and there's a bit where you know Rimmer's like, "You can't just bash death over their head." And Lister's like, "Well, if he comes near me, I'm going to rip his nipples off." And <laughs> and he walks around with his big pipe and stuff, and, and I just kept thinking of that. It just it just so in a way, you know, that's that's awesome because you know Red Dwarf's so good. But it, that's that's made me want to watch Red Dwarf. <laughs> I, I do like it. I just haven't you know I haven't seen a lot of it, but I always enjoy it when I do watch oh, it. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. but that just was in my bloody head. But that's my fault. That's not you know anyone else's it's just um yeah. as owen was talking about fighting death and all that sort of thing i just kept hearing that line like if he comes in me i'm gonna rip his nipples off sort of thing <laughs> just i'm just laugh, adding but... that to the list uh wills of gummish <laughs> podcast uh red dwarf yeah. podcast yeah just write that down yeah but it was a good sentiment though and it was a cool <laughs> thing what did you think to yeah so basically yeah uh burn gorman was on fire before we get on to jack though um did you think that they did the typical horror movie um, kind of possession thing done really well. You know, when Owen feels like he's possessed yeah. by the death character and his eyes are all black and the voice and mm. stuff. Very creepy. I thought that was good. Yeah, I was going to say it's one of the better things in terms of the production of this episode. Uh, that looked good. Burn just really suits those big black eyes. Um, <laughs> it's proper scary and the voice and everything. And um, yeah, that was done well. And it was proper creepy. It was. For me, that's when the episode sort of kicked in a bit. I was starting to drift off and then, yeah when he turns evil, I was like, oh, hang on. Mm. It drew me back in. Yeah. So that was good. Creepy times. Mm. Okay. And the stuff in the hospital, you know, with death, going under the beds, all that was pretty good. Oh, yeah, I basically yeah. liked the first five minutes in, in with the, Jack in the in the church, and I liked the last ten minutes in the hospital, I think. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so Bern Gorham was great, and his line was quite funny. Uh, Owen Harper, King of the Weevils. <laughs> Yeah, that's quite cool. So, what do you think to Jack then? Because uh, Jack gets stuck in in this one. There are a couple of episodes that we've, as we've gone through torture, where he he's a bit quiet and he's a bit sidelined, perhaps, and they try and focus on some other characters. But this one, he gets stuck in quite a bit, and um, he's in it a lot. He's in it pretty much in pretty much every scene, bar the last bit with the fight with death. But other than that, he's um, he wasn't too bad, in my opinion. He wasn't too bad. Not his best, but not too bad. No, I mean, I think he was a bit, yeah, he was he was fine. Uh, there's nothing outstanding from Barrowman in this. Um, I would I was going to say he's going through the motions a bit, but that's probably a bit unkind because he's not bad in it at all. But yeah, there's nothing spectacular for Barrowman in this. I I think it's quite a nice idea that he can sort of sympathise with Owen because Jack can't die, and now it seems like Owen can't die. So I think they could have played up to that a little bit more. There's a bit of a discussion between them about it when they're in the cell, but then Jack starts going on about how he dated Proust or something. I don't know. Um, so I think they could have played up to that a little bit more. Maybe they will in the next episode. To me, this feels a bit of a bit like a, a two part story though. Like, where is this going? Does this continue yeah, in does. the next episode? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. clearly it does. So it does feel a little bit like a part one of a, of a sort of two part story to me. So I don't know. Maybe I'll, look better on this one when I've seen next week so I don't know maybe but yeah Jack was yeah. fine yeah he was yeah. he was he was fine he's good in the scenes he's in but just nothing special yeah that's what I thought he was kind of middle of the road as Captain Jack um nothing to, we've certainly seen him in 
it, we've seen better performances in other episodes, put it that way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I assume you thought exactly the same thing as me when the glove started walking on its own. Did you hear the Adams Family music? Yes, yeah, it is. In the background. Did it, did it. What yep. else can you do, though, if you need to get a glove? Unless you do like the old, very uh, unrealistic, just floating around, like old Who on wires. The, <laughs> the only other way you can get a glove moving around is up on its fingers, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, there isn't a lot else. There's nowhere else they could have gone with that. The problem is, is it does make that scene quite comedic when it's not supposed to be. But having said that, it is kind of creepy as well when they don't know where it is because you're waiting for it to jump out. So I did go from sort of laughing at the fact it was, you know, a bit Adam's family uh, moving across the floor to suddenly like, oh, where is the thing then? And then it jumps out on Martha's face. So, yeah, Yeah, there's not a lot you can do with that. Yeah. That was a bit alien, wasn't it? Like face hugger kind of thing. Uh, But yeah, the other thing is that um, it really relies on the actors to sell the, their performances because other than the, the um, computer generated or the, you know, whatever, how they achieved the look of it knocking around by itself on its fingertips. The other bit was when it did launch itself at someone's throat or their face the the other actors are clearly just holding on to a glove and pretending that it's forced onto somebody. Oh, the somebody. bit when it's under his shoe yeah. looks really bad. It's like you could just tell it's like there's no pressure on it at all. Yeah, so that relies on the other actors to sort of get their physical acting nailed because they need to make it look like they're really straining to pull this thing off that's being forced onto somebody, but it's just a an aluminium prop, you know. Yeah. So it was a little bit... Um, it did feel a little bit pantomime that bit, a little bit like, it's behind you. Yeah. And then when it does jump on, we have this kind of, you know, it almost felt like we needed some Benny Hill music in the background. <laughs> no, if we'd done that on, that'd be hilarious. Yeah. So it was okay, though. We've seen worse, I think. It was defeated too easily, though, wasn't it? One gunshot. I mean, it's supposed to be this really powerful glove that's so powerful that Jack's had to hide it in a the church you know it's a so yeah i was a bit disappointed that one gunshot from that that ridiculous pistol that jack carries around uh managed to defeat it yeah no reader uh and then music wise i just want to pick up on this quickly uh i felt like some of it was quite creepy which is good the rest of it uh, like the bit at the beginning with jack in the church and there was a couple of bits around when uh owen and the rest of them are in the hospital and that kid's creeping around and and they're looking around for it and stuff. It's a little bit creepy and sinister, which is good because I think it needed it. I think this episode really needed. And for me, I would have loved to have played up on, like I said earlier, and explore more of the horror aspects of it. Yeah. The whole death character a bit more and that afterlifey stuff. So I think it kind of tried to edge into that a little bit at times, but then it sort of was brought back to reality and a typical Torchwood um, stuff. But Music was a little bit creepy in places. It was cool, um, but I felt like it just needed a, a wee bit, a wee bit more. Yeah, yeah. I didn't notice the music much in this one. I'll be honest; nothing really stood out. I didn't. Yeah, I just didn't really notice the music in this one, which yeah. could mean it was good or bad. I don't know. Sometimes if music's really bad, it will stand out, and you will notice it. But I, yeah, I guess it was all right. I, I think the the episode just needed to kick in a bit quicker, and there was some really good stuff. I think that they. I think it had potential, basically. Like you said, you know, there were some good moments in it. The stuff with the glove, the, 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 you know, the weevil stuff at the start and the hospital. 
they, they should have really utilized this stuff more because um, that was good creepy stuff but it was just the stuff in between all that didn't really work yeah i agree totally agree did Okay, if you've got nothing else, mate, we'll get round no. to scores. Right. Let's do it. I think, I think it's me to go first. Yeah, I was going to say, you should go first, I think. Yeah, I'm going to give this a 6.5. <laughs> What's the point 0.5 for? <laughs> uh, so the point 0.5 was for their attempt. So the 6 was for it's just a decent Torchwood episode. Nothing amazing, but certainly not terrible. You know, it's a good... You know, fairly good watch. The point five was their attempt to try and do a little bit more in that area of the character of death and the afterlife and stuff like that. But they just didn't quite, well, they couldn't spend enough time on it and didn't flesh that out enough. So, yeah, the point five is for that attempt to try and do something cool with that. I hear. Well, I'm giving it a straight six. <laughs> oh, a six. Okay, cool. cool. A six. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was all right. It's, a, it's an okay watch, just. As I said, I don't think it reached the potential it could have done. So Yeah, oh, fair enough. Six. Yeah, yeah, six. Okay, okay, we've got some reviews in from our uh, listeners, which is really cool. We had four audio clips in, so let's crack on with those. The first one, as usual, from Down Under, Sammy Satine. Hey, Gary and Adam, Sammy Satine here. Happy 301st episode. Who's to at least 300 more? So, Dead Man Walking, it's an interesting concept. I do worry that they decided to have said alien thing attack poor Martha two episodes in a row now. Martha deserves better. I think sometimes various members of the Torchwood team don't get enough to do, like Yanto, and in this case, Gwen a bit too. Also, I think Ben Gorman deserves a lot of credit for his acting in this. I like the kid who plays Jamie too. Nice defeat death thing because Owen's already dead. Death can't take his soul because he already did. I give it seven alien gloves out of ten. See ya. A seven. <laughs> A seven. And I think we're pretty much on the same page there by the sounds of it. I think so, Sammy. Yeah. I yeah. agree with you about Martha. It's just, yeah, <laughs> getting her ass kicked again. <laughs> um, but yeah, seven gloves. Out of 10 from Sammy. <laughs> Very cool. Moving on, yeah. Joe Turner. Let's do it. Very much a tale of resilience. Dead Man Walking gives Burn Gorman a chance to showcase his acting talent, and he very much delivers. Throughout this episode, Owen is vulnerable. After all, he can't eat, sleep, or go to the toilet. And I enjoy seeing this side of him because often Owen is arrogant and self centered. I find some scenes in this incredibly creepy, especially when Owen flicks from reality to Lenanda's dead. It makes us as a viewer also consider life after death. The CGI for death wasn't great, but the concept is superb, playing on the real-life myth of the Grim Reaper, and I love how it ties in with the Black Death, a fascinating part of history. But the standout moment for me is when Owen beats death. I love the speech he gives to young Jamie, who is suffering from cancer, giving him a sense of optimism that not everyone dies, and some beat death. The score as well that accompanies Owen is brilliant oh yeah and that scene in the cell between owen and jack when he's when owen is sick is quite honestly disgusting but overall i give this eight out of ten thank you it is a bit gross isn't it it is gross now i'm surprised to hear joe say that the grim reaper cgi didn't look very good i thought it looked quite good mm. but mm, i mm. don't know 2008 I, I think the effects are pretty decent it was okay. I think the um, 
I think the particle effects and the smoke and everything look really good. Yeah. Maybe it was the skeleton and how it moved underneath in the midst of it. It's still pretty good, but yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Thank you very much, Joe. Uh, let's move on. This is Mr. Neil Cam. Hi, guys. How's it going? So, Torchwood, Dead Man Walking. It's a creepy episode, isn't it? It's nice to see one of the other characters be the focal point of the episode. I always think that's good when they're not necessarily focusing on Jack, which is the norm for most episodes. So it was good to see Owen get the spotlight and Burn Gorman put in a really good performance. Some really cool scenes, like, you know, the scene that he's in the nightclub and, you know, with all the different camera angles and stuff. I thought that was cool. I laughed whenever he's like, you only brought me back for that. You know, whenever Jack says he wants him to tell him the alien more codes and stuff. And then obviously the scene where Martha gets aged, it's sort of reminiscent of the scene that, you know, she was present for in Doctor Who series three when the 10th Doctor, he got aged. So it was kind of similar to that. Um, but yeah, all in it was good. Like, I mean, Owen being Owen, it still at times he's really nasty to Tosh and that's that's not cool at all, is it? But yeah, it's, it's a good story, like, and, you know, it's good that at the end, you know, the child, you know, with the leukaemia, he, 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 death doesn't get him. But yeah, um, all in, I'm going to give this a 8 out of 10. Cheers. An 8. An 8, yeah, nice one. Yeah, nice one, Neil. So I think Neil, sounds like Neil's a fan overall yeah. of that stuff so yeah nice one dude and eight out of ten from neil and lastly this is tardisnet 66 so dead man walking i really like this episode for me it's very much better than reset i really like Ben gorman's performance in struggling to come to terms with himself as a dead man when he is not able to operate in the simple pleasures of life and his relationship with jack is great in this story with their very opposite struggles I think the scenes of death in the hospital are very dark, very atmospheric, very creepy. I do think the glove could have been better set up and established, as it's very forced into the story. I think some of the action sequences lack the thrill the story wants it to have, which affects the pace of the story. I like seeing Owen face death at the end, it's very emotionally satisfying. This story very much begins the deconstruction of Owen as a character, with his arrogance and the humour he puts up to protect himself very much beginning to break down. I always struggle with ratings, but I'd probably give it a 7.5 out of 10. 7.5. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Owen's character, it's... um. I, I've grown to quite like him, actually. He was really sort of cocky in that in series one, and he still is now, but they've... I don't know, they've made him a bit more comedic with it, I think. I, I quite like him now. <laughs> yeah. I'm no, sorry for Tosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, bloody Tosh. Poor old Tosh. Poor old Tosh. I saw a film the other day called Everest, and she was in that, like, big Hollywood. Oh, film. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure she's also... Oh, am I right in saying... I'm pretty sure... You know, Eccleston did this thing called uh, Lennon Naked, where he played John Lennon. I think Tosh played Yoko. Oh, okay. I think. Oh, She's I'm very sure good, though. She's very yeah. good. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much, Neil. Uh, sorry, Tardis Uh Some great scores there. We didn't have anything from uh, our Facebook listeners, but we did have a couple of tweets just very shortly, uh, just very quickly. Sorry, Jordan Shortman, one of our writers, says, I really enjoy this one. Horror seems to really fit the Torchwood style, and Owen is wonderfully creepy when he's taken over by death. The scenes of death in the hospital still haunt me to this day, and probably the reason why hospitals scare me so much. <laughs> a good, mm. solid story. Mm. 
Thank you very much, Jordan. And lastly, Chippy T says, spooky, creepy, and disturbing. Some great sci-fi horror ideas are handled really well. Eight from me. Thanks. An eight. An eight. Quite, well, reasonably higher scores than ours there. I think me and hmm. you have gone the lowest scores out of everyone. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, some good scores there, though, as you said. So, um, yeah, thank you very much, guys, especially the guys that have taken the time to do your audio reviews. They are awesome, as always. And our listeners over on Twitter, thank you very much for that. Uh, next week, dude. Where are we next, at next week? Next week. Yeah, 10th Doctor next week with Partners in Crime. Oh. That's the Adipose one, isn't it? It is the is Adipose it? one, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think this is the... Uh, isn't this the first proper... Donna Noble story after the Christmas special. I think it is, yeah. Think yeah, so. I'm not sure, yeah. It's been Must a while be. since I watched this one. This might be actually, actually this would be a one that I can actually watch with my wife because not only does she <laughs> like David, David Tennant, Tennant in it. but she really likes uh, uh, Donna Noble slash Catherine Tate and she really likes this episode because of the cute little laddie posy things. Oh, sweet. I haven't watched this one for ages, so yeah. I'm, I'm quite looking forward to this, yeah. yeah Watching cool. this one again. Yeah, it's going to be good. Alrighty, let's do there. Let's wrap it up for 301. Alrighty. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming back and listening to another week. And episode 301, it's great to have you here. As I said, love you guys that are either new, have discovered the show, or if you're a long-time listener, it's all good to have you aboard the TARDIS. Remember to um, go and check out this uh, the episode that we're going to do next week. So get your DVDs or Blu-rays or uh, BBC iPlayer. I don't think Doctor Who's on Netflix in the UK anymore. I think they took it off. I think. So whatever, however you watch Doctor Who... Go and check out Partners in Crime because we'll be asking for your thoughts and reviews next week, as always. And uh, yeah, let us know what you reckon on the old odds for uh, for the next Doctor, whether it's going to be the dude from Friday Night. <laughs> yeah, we're not sure. It's always a, a, a funny old thing. I'm not sure if other countries do this, but here in the UK, the tabloids just go nuts for it. And then the bookies go nuts and it all ends in tears, mate, every time. But anyway remember to subscribe to our show you can do that in whatever podcast app you get your podcasts on just do a search for the big blue box podcast we'd love to have you as a sub that way you won't miss a show when it lands every friday and uh, you can head over to the website if you don't have your podcast app every episode is on there you can listen to it there plus you can read all of the cool reviews and articles from our writing team we're on the socials too instagram twitter and facebook uh, the links on the website or just do a search for us come and chat doctor who throughout the week and we have a free Discord server as well. So there's a link on the website. Come and sign up and hang out and chat. Plenty of Doctor Who and Torchwood and Sarah Jane and lots of other things over there. Also, remember to go and check out my co-host channel. It's over on YouTube. It is, of course, The Geek's Handbag. I'm busy doing videos right now. So there'll be some new stuff coming up Adam, imminently. Adam is knee-deep in filming and editing as we speak yeah <laughs> yeah so some really cool video dropped uh, videos have dropped recently on adam's channel plus there's years worth of very very cool uh, geekery over there so remember to go and check all that out adam is on the socials too under the same name the geeks handbag 
So come and give him a like and a follow as well. Yes, Until next week, have a, a, a great week and take care of yourselves. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, a- hey.